Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show. I'm your host, J.J. White, and in The Great People Studio with us, a special guest co-host. She's been here before. She knows how to rock it. Welcome back, Yetta. What's going on, JJ? What's up? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How was your holidays? Oh my gosh, it was awesome. Best one yet. That's great. That's great. How about you? Fantastic. I had a little health issue. A little health. Yeah. St- I got a little stressed out. Yeah, what happened? Uh, you know, I've been I've been dealing with some stomach issues for 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 this year. 2018 was my year to deal with with some some stuff. Yeah. And we'll talk about that on the show here this this morning, but uh, you know, all all is all is well. Uh, thanks, everyone, for being here, whether you're listening to us on Facebook Live, the podcast, live on 92.7 here in Richmond. Thanks for just thanks for for being here and allowing us to be part of your your journey. Your your 2018 journey is is starting to come to an end. Um, and whether you listen to us live or not, if you are listening to us live, you can go to our, our Facebook page at Great People Show and interact with us on the show. And I'll actually read your comments out and call you out by name. Nice. If you want me to. Um, so why, why are we here? Every show we deliver to you, the listener, two things, insights and inspirations for a life of significance. But that doesn't mean it's all about you. The life of significance has to do with who you are and what you do for other people. That whole cycle of think, feel, act. And today's episode, which we brought Yetta in for, is a big part of that think, feel, and act. Today, we're talking about stress. It's the best friend we wish we never had. Yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. We to have it all about. the time. Yeah. So for our audience that is maybe new to us and hasn't heard a previous episode that you've been on, tell us about you, Yetta. Every time you ask me that, I go, oh my gosh, what is there to say? So much. That could be a whole episode. <laughs> so much. No, it's really cool. And you know, when the producers called me and asked me to do the show... I was like, gosh, I just can't turn down that amount of money. So, I mean, I I have to be there. You're I mean, not, wait, you're I'm at only the right, here you're for at the, the money. Right place, right? Are you sure you're at I the mean, right place? I mean, when the limo picked me up this morning, I was like, God bless JJ and the great people show. I mean, the drive here was so pleasant. You're sure that this is the place you're supposed to be on Thursday morning? I'm telling you, I was like, I I'm just, I can't say that. no. I'm not familiar with, with, with that. I don't know what's going on with that. I drove here in my 10-year-old car, so they're treating you right. Yeah, no, so it's. Cool. And you know what I think is great? As long as we've known each other, I just love the the way we get to work together. And yeah. just, I love helping people like you do. And so what I do is just help people figure it out. And uh, one of the things I was thinking about this holiday season is really, it's just helping people wake up. Mm. Really. That's what we're all doing when we talk about working with people is helping people just to wake up and be aware. I love that. More aware of what we do and what why we do what we do and, and helping people to figure out is what you're doing serving you. Yeah. And and some of us, like you and I, who have been there ourselves, are some of the greatest teachers because we speak from personal experience. Yes. I mean, if you want anybody to talk about stress or crazy, I'm probably it. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk crazy. <laughs> let's, let's... let's do an episode on that. Really, one day we should talk about that. How would we frame it? Crazy. Be, just cray crazy? Cray. Call it cray cray. I love that. Yeah, let's do a show called Cray Cray. Well, next week is going to be our <laughs> annual goals show. It's not a resolution show. It's going to be our annual goals show. It's going to be our second annual goals show. James may or may not be back in the studio 
we don't know what's going on with him. I just love that he's a mystery. Maybe the, he is a always. If if you took the time to get to know our normal co-host James Muncie, you will find that he is one massive monument of mystery. <laughs> he re, he really is. Most people don't understand his background and all the things that he does. It's amazing. Like he's like most human beings wouldn't be able to pull off one thing he does. And he does like 10 at a I time. I gotta meet this guy. Vo- vocation, avocational. It's just, it's just amazing. That's awesome. Well, you know what? We could always have you in the, sh- in the show next week because he, we don't know if he's coming in or not. I mean, well, you know, I'm always on call. And they actually, when they mentioned this amount of money they were paying me, they're like, we could put you on you retainer for the standby. And I there was you like, go again. I just can't say no. I need to find out about this limo. <laughs> Was there an Uber sticker in the window by chance? No, I mean, it was straight up legit. It was like, remember the movie Die Hard? Like, I mean, it was the full on like stretch limo, right? The music going. I mean, it was like, I, I couldn't believe it when it pulled up in front of the house this morning. I was like, of course, that's what's there. I'm with for you. Me. I can't believe it either. Limo. No, I'm with you. I'm still in disbelief myself. I know. Too. So, so let's talk about stress. Yeah. Just in the very brief conversation we had getting ready for this morning's show. We talked, we, we, you shared with me a few things that were just mind-blowing. And I'm going to start off with the quote that I saw yesterday. Stress is not in your head, it's in your nervous system. Absolutely. And I think, so So my personal, uh, very, as briefly as I can, I'll share my, my personal path to stress. I've lived most of my life, probably through my teens and my 20s, certainly, incredibly stressed out. Uh, very stressed out over my work stressed out over relationships, um, totally out of control stress. I'm surprised it never really caused me obvious health issues at the time. And a big part of my transformation and stress came whenever I came into faith and had something to rely on other than myself. And I think that was a big driver of stress for me is like, if it is to be, it's up to me. And if things weren't going my way, because I was, uh, and probably still am a control freak, that would cause me stress, really deep cycles of stress. And it wasn't until I came of faith and I started to mature that I started to live my life differently. And I consider myself now, Yetta, to be fairly stress-free, like very little rattles my cage, very yeah, little. So, you know, here's an interesting question as you're talking, what does stress you out? So I'd say up until about a year ago, the number one thing that stressed me out because I own a couple businesses is money. And I found in my research, money is is number one or number two on the stressors every year in, in, in these surveys of what stresses people yeah. out the most. So, you know, I, I have company. I'm sure anyone anyone listening right now, it's a couple days after Christmas as we go live and record this show. It's fun getting through the Christmas holiday. But if you're if you're if you're wired like me, as everybody's unwrapping everything, I'm thinking, gosh, how much did all this cost us? <laughs> And so the money stress starts to kick in and then you it's start seeing the bills come in in yeah. January and you're like, oh my gosh, it doesn't even matter how much you quote unquote budget for these kind of things. It, and, and I, and I grew up in a lower middle class. My dad worked on the railroad. So there's only so much money to be made as a railroad conductor. So we lived frugally. He's a really frugal guy. And he taught us to, to go with little, if not go with nothing. So I grew up not needing to worry about money in a way because we never really had it to, to worry about. Yeah. But one of the things that I think my dad really ingrained in me was that there was this drive and desire to have the money. And, and if you're, if you're not aligned with your value stream and your value systems that produce 
that kind of money, you start to feel like a failure and you start to feel stressed out. And it's like a fake stress because yeah. it's not well, your money to have. that's the stress that's in your head. Totally. Which, what you talked about earlier about the nervous system, which we'll get to. But really the stress that you're talking about, and we do create it by our own perceptions. It's those patterned beliefs and behaviors that we get raised with. And we use mm. those as kind of our lens to then gauge ourselves and our worth in the world. Yeah. And we live in a very Western civilization where money does have impact on a lot of things. And it's one of the reasons why at Christmas time, a lot of people, I believe, get so stressed out. Like you said, people overspend, oh. they overgive. There's all this heightened expectation. There's there's guilt. There's just so much that comes along with all of it. I mean, we could spend a whole episode just unwrapping Christmas morning, literally and figuratively, of how it impacts people. And speaking of money, our sponsors need some recognition for the <laughs> money they have given us to be here this morning. So don't go away, folks. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. So, you know, I've confessed my stress. What's your stress? You know, I thought about this on the ride in when I was in the limo in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. and I was all relaxed and cool, calm and collect, trying to get ready for Drinking the show. Drinking your wine at Yeah, I was like, actually, you know what? I'm off the sauce, JJ. That's a whole other topic. Oh, wow. Yeah, I feel great. Ugh. Good I mean, I've had you. a few sips here and there, but I got to tell you, I'm like done with it. And especially as I go into 2019, I don't even want to experiment anymore. Well, we'll as, talk about as that. As soon as Virginia legalizes marijuana, you'll be able to oh, smoke it up man. all you want. You won't have to you worry know, about it. I used to not be stressed way back in the day, but that's a whole other show, too. Maybe the too. whole country is going to get less stressed as these referendums I, come through I don't every know. state. I don't know. I don't anyway, know. Anyway, you're so, stressed. So what stresses me out? So I thought about this. I have three things. Three things that literally stress me out. Okay. And the first one is, in you know, any particular order? Any, um, the first one's probably my biggest stressor. Okay. You know what absolutely stresses me out? Makes me go absolutely insane and crazy. What's that? I don't like exclusion. I don't like when I get excluded or when I witness other people be excluded from something. Like it's one hmm. of those deep visceral, like amygdala responses that happens to me. And when we talk about what happens to the body in a minute, we'll, we'll go over for the, for the listeners what I okay. mean by that. But like, okay. I'm talking like jerk you offline, like go crazy. Any of the other two? And they're kind of up there, but they're not as big for me. Is blow drying my hair and driving. Excuse for me? For real. For real. The struggle of is real, all JJ. The things that of we could have put on this the list. things. Blow drying your hair? I pay twice a week to have somebody blow dry my hair. I can't, I cannot stand to blow dry my wait, hair. Wait. You Hey, someone? Yes. Blow dry your Shout hair? Shout out to Charlene Vaughn, my hairdresser. I'm serious. What? It stresses me out. You're kind of freaking me I'm out right ki- now. I'm not kidding you. So it's exclusion, it's blow hair. drying my hair, and it's driving a car. That's why I was so grateful okay, for the limo get, this morning. All right. So I get the whole, <laughs> I'm still curious about this whole limo thing, but I'm, I, I, blow drying your I hair. I can't stand okay, it. Oh, so my God. Well, let's break Stress this. Before out. we get into paying someone to do it, why? It just completely stresses me out. It's like I become an idiot savant in front of the mirror and everything gets all twisted and I don't know what I'm doing. And, an and idiot I just, savant. Yeah, like I just, it's like Rain Man. I turn into Rain Man. You you mentioned hair dry and blow drying and I just go completely, I just like catatonic, I panic. I'm a little blown away right now. Okay, well, we may have to table that one because the show is only an hour. <laughs> We're going to have to have a secondary intervention show on how yeah. blow drying your hair stresses you out. So yeah. I get the driving thing. Yeah, I think driving, everybody uh, I talk to at some point and, and it's the worst for me. So I, I've noticed there's two sides of the coin for stressful drivers. It's being behind the wheel of a fast moving car sometimes just in the responsibility that it stresses out. For most people, though, I think it's other drivers. 
other people? Where yeah, do, where you do you know, fall it's on not that? actually either one for me. You know what it is? There's so many things to take into consideration. There's so many variables. And see, when I get behind the wheel, what happens is I sometimes just forget that I'm driving. It's really not good. I can't tell that you the number of speeding bad. tickets. It's that really bad. bad. Yeah. So what happens okay. is I get really overwhelmed by all of the things you could pay attention to. And so then I kind of forget that I have to be reminded that I'm behind the this wheel. This is a fascinating conversation. Yeah. I didn't expect any of that from you or really, really anybody else, to be honest yeah, with no, you. Yeah, no, and so I, I get into like, I might start thinking about something and the next thing you know, I'm offline and then I'm like, oh crap, I'm driving a car. And that really stresses me out because you're supposed to be paying attention when you drive your car. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, airing that dirty laundry to, to all of you. <laughs> Clearly you're not ashamed of the blow drying thing at all. And Not uh, at all. I mean, you know what? Here's where I'm at at 46 years old. If you have a problem and you can find a solution, by all means, I feel great about the you solution. Know, you just mentioned your age. I think that stresses a lot of people out too. Getting older and knowing that your runway gets shorter and shorter and shorter and that whole midlife crisis thing kicks in and understanding your purpose and okay, okay, you know, maybe I have a day left in this world. Maybe I have around 30 to 40 years left in this well, who world. Who knows how many days we have so left So people want to maximize that and they feel like I'm stuck. I'm just not where I want to be. I think, I, and that was in the top one or two of what I saw as most stressful is, is not just work. Obviously work can stress you out, but it's knowing that you're in the right work. Yeah. Purpose, right? Finding your purpose and passion, that can be a huge stressor. And a you know, lot we, of people ask that question to me yeah. all the time, all the time. Am I, how do I know what my purpose is? I, even the college students that I teach, I got to tell you, you know what they, the biggest question that they ask me recently? What's that? Is how do I know what my purpose is? Oh, of course. And that's a big question for of everybody. Course. But when, when you've got college kids that are graduating, going out to the workplace. And so what you just said a minute ago made me think about this. Everybody's stressors are different because everybody was raised differently. Don't you think it's, it's like, to me, the answer to that question is how do you know it's your purpose is I know when, I know when I'm not in my purpose. Like, I clearly know when I'm not in my purpose. Yeah, because you, you have that feeling of resistance and constriction inside of you. And when you are in your mm -hmm. purpose or passion, that's that place of expansion and love and joy. And actually, you know, JJ, I read yesterday in a book, they say that there are only two, two emotions that we operate from, love and fear. Is it stress? Can, can we be stressed? Should we be stressed in our purpose? Well, I think there's a fine balance there about stress that's interesting because when stress gets overwhelming and what you just said earlier when we started the show about it's in your nervous system, your body's wired for certain types of stress responses and stress experiences based upon the experiences you've had your entire life. That's why some people deal with major stressors, what we would call maybe better or easier than others, is because they've been around it most of their life. Other people might not deal with stress just as well because maybe their experience when they were growing up was a lot different. Stress was, was perceived as a bad thing. Okay. So everything's about a belief. We've talked about this every show I've been on. Everything that we see through is a lens that is a belief system that was built in us. So your perception of stress is completely gauged upon how you were raised. Like in your household, how did you guys deal with, with uh, stress? Uh, my dad drank it away. Okay, there you go. You know what my parents did? My mom would fight it out. Ooh. Oh, man, she would just point and attack and, and okay. just, I mean, because she was trying to get my dad to see what he was doing was really hurtful and mean. Now, so here's so the deal. So that would stress her out and she would retaliate through Absolutely. Through so we learn all these patterns. And then when we become adults, we wonder why we do what we do. A lot of it's because mm. it was what was modeled to us. I want to bring this up because I said earlier that stress is not in your head. It's in your nervous system. Yes, and, you, and you responded with some other signs behind it. Yeah. So here's what's really cool. And I think that um, a lot of people don't know this. So did you know, JJ, when you get into an, an any situation and then a stress response occurs and your body goes into fight or flight? 
Okay. You, okay. you know what fight or flight yeah, is. Most of our listeners yeah. do. Yeah. So something happens and then all of a sudden we go into a fight or flight response. What happens with the chemicals in your body and the hormones is within seconds, your brain starts to decide what to do with this data, with this stimulus, right? Mm. So your prefrontal cortex, which is right here behind mm-hmm. your, your forehead, mm-hmm. it's your, your center of logic. And it's supposed to filter things and help you to make logical, rational decisions. Sure. Well, guess what happens when you get into a stress response? I think response? it turns off. Oh, it goes completely offline. Yep. And then your IQ drops by up to 50%. Wait, say that again. Wait, what? Yeah, your IQ drops by up to 50% when your prefrontal cortex is not available to you to make decisions. So when we get stressed, our IQ can drop up to 50%. 50%. So here's what I was reading, which I think is really, really interesting. Do you know what the average IQ is? And I'm talking bell curve, right? Right in the middle of the bell curve. You remember that, right? Yep. Middle of the bell curve, which is the majority of the population. Yep. Do you know what the average IQ is? 120. 100. Wow. So now let's just let's just take this and go a little bit further. You're out at the mall, mm-hmm. all right? You're surrounded by people. Everyone is stressed out, and they're all operating with an average IQ of 50. Stupid. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, really. We just, we just so, wit- I'm sorry. How many times have we witnessed stupid? I think we're well, witnessing more stupid in today's world. I was going to say, so when we get upset about why, why, is, why are people behaving the way they do, they're all stressed out. And I'm sorry, unless you're like in Mensa, you're still going to be mentally retarded when you get stressed out. You and I, have you ever done anything stupid when you've been in a place of stress? I can't count how many times I've done stupid. Me too. And, and you know what's and even can worse I, can is... I add one? Yeah. Where that stupid, I think, shows up is we let the words come out of our mouth that uh, shouldn't that hurt other people. Absolutely it's, it's, agree it, with it's you. The, the, the stupid is... It I do it. ...affects other people more and so, yes. than... than then probably it does us because we're kind of in a zone of comfort. Yeah. When when that's happening. Well, you're running on an old tape, and like you said, your nervous Ooh, system is is tape. saying, "Hey, I got this. This is what we do when we feel threatened." And yep. so when I feel threatened, I will operate on whatever that old tape is, and it takes work to try to pull that tape out, rewrite it, and then put it back in so that you have a healthier, better. Well, I don't response. think we realize it. I, no. I don't think anybody. Well, I shouldn't say anybody. Not to speak in absolutes. I don't think most people realize. That stress really isn't in our head no. most of the time. I think we identify it as, oh, I'm I'm stressed over this right now. Let me try to think my way out of it. And here's the problem. If you didn't think your way into stress, you can't think your way out no. of stress. You, so here's the deal. So you, you know what this is like. So take somebody who's drunk. All right. Let's okay. talk about this for a second. When someone's Speaking absolutely stupid. Yeah, yeah. stupid, when they're down drunk. All right. When someone's in a stress response, it's no different than trying to get someone who's drunk to make a sober decision. Wow. That is a Think powerful about that. analogy. So, and, and we get lost wow. in it. And JJ, I can speak from experience. And I, you know, you might get some callers calling in who know me that might call me out on this for real. I, I can get really lost in that emotional response when I get stressed too. doesn't make it okay. But man, you ever done something really stupid and then the next day wake up and then you've got like that vulnerability hangover where you wish that you would never. Oh, yeah. Because then your executive center comes back online and says, uh, that was not smart. So is being stressed similar to being inebriated? Absolutely. Psychologically? Yeah. Because you're you're getting you're getting completely pulled liquor. offline, and then what happens with it is your your old tape kicks in. So think about the people that we're trying to help in our life, or maybe not trying to help, but people that we're close in relationship with your spouse, your children, and you're fighting really hard to get through to them. Yeah, that their level of stress that they're in. I saw a friend of mine sent me an email yesterday because he does some work at Virginia Tech, and he said we are at record high levels for stress at college 
right now mm -hmm. and how that translates over to stupid. I mean, we're talking about a, tr we're talking about a transformational period in someone's life where they're going away to college they're they're leaving their house. They're living on their own. Mainly they're trying to decide what they want to do for the rest of their life. And it was stress at record high levels. That means they are highly under the influence while trying to make these, these major decisions. Yeah. And then think about this. So when we're under wow. the stress response in our body and all these chemicals and all these things are happening, which are all negative, by the way, if we were to list the cortisol and all of the things that are produced in our body under stress, it actually is like toxic. I mean, it, they, they liken cortisol to the human flesh like they would acid searing metal. Wow. So when we get stressed, not only does this go offline, but cortisol spikes, all these other um, hormones are going up. It's, it's not good. Wow. Yeah. And so then... Then when we're stressed and then we are offline, then what do we do? We make stupid decisions like, hey, let's go get drunk because if I drink, I feel better. Now yeah, or you drugs, literally, or drugs or, or shopping or any addiction to get eating, out of eating, eating smoking, uh, uh, spending money we don't have because we're trying to get away from the So suffering. this is a nasty cycle. Oh, so it's if, vicious. If, when you get close to the holidays and you start to realize you've got to, you want to, and you have to spend money towards other people, then that creates some stress in the way to, a lot of people overcome stress as they end up spending more money. Yeah, and then they eat food that they it. shouldn't. They drink alcohol. And the next thing you know, they got this whole process going and they are making even worse decisions. Well, we are we are on a roll here. We have to take another break. At some point, yeah. It really we, stresses we, we, me we, out, we, JJ. I, well, then let's get through <laughs> it so you're not as stressed. But we have to start talking about what we can do different yes. Yes. to make sure that we are as stress-free as possible. Don't go away. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. So we were just talking at break how much this stress thing seems like a you problem. And while it is, it's also the probably the number one thing that's going to get in the way of you being the person that you need to be for other people. And I found this one particular piece of research, a 2012 study suggested that the stressors experienced by parents, such as financial troubles or managing a single parent household, can lead to obesity in their children. I mean, this thing is an epidemic in your relationships. It's not just a you problem. It's a family problem. Oh, yeah. And, and so here's what happens. And, you know, again, back to what happens physiologically in the body. When you get stressed out, not only do your chemicals and your hormones and things change in your body, but when people around you get stressed out, their cortisol levels and other things begin to spike as well. So literally, if you are a stressful person and you are around small children or people on an ongoing basis, your stress response can trigger their stress response. And then we start to think back to what we said. And then what do we do? And we don't feel good. We want to try to get out of it. We want to try to escape it. Mm -hmm. We want to get rid of the suffering. And then we go into we fight it. We fight it. And we, we, we learn a lot of really unhealthy patterns about getting lost in um, escape mechanisms like TV, movies, uh, video games, well, that's a big food. One. I mean, think about what kids, what do, what do kids do when they don't feel good? They escape. So, so is that making it worse then? Absolutely. So, so what do we do? So uh, like we can keep beating this, yeah. this stressful horse, but what, what are some like, Step one, step two, step three things that we need to do to get out of this vicious cycle and this loop that we're in that a lot of people don't even realize how deep this 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 rabbit hole goes. Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me when I talk about this is to help people remember stress is not the enemy. I mean, we can't make this. It's like saying the e we've talked about the ego before, too. Right. Like when we don't like something, we think the, the answer is just get rid of it. 
And the truth is we have to learn to live with the triggers and the, the different things that are going on in our environment all the time. It's mm-hmm. part of the way that our, our world is. So, um, and I've tried it. I've tried to go offline and like not talk to anybody and get rid of all the negative influences in my life. That doesn't work either. JJ, you know that there's been like a year where you're like, uh, you know, what's up? Where are you? Where are I'm you? like, Hey, just, you know, hanging out by myself in my room. Cause yep. it's the safest, most calmest place to be. Um, and you know, it, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work no. after a while. You realize that's not good either. Cause that's another extreme. Yeah. You can't avoid the outside world, assuming that that things are creating stress yeah. on you. Yeah. So back, to, how it works. so back to what I said, you got to help people wake up. And, and one of the biggest things, I think the gifts of what this journey is in this physical form in this life that we're living is as spiritual beings, we're learning how to wake up. Mm-hmm. And the first way to be able to deal with anything is to become aware of it. Mm-hmm. And so learning to just be aware of what stresses you out. So I, I saw a bunch of these when I was researching the topic of how stress manifests itself in our life. And some of the obvious ones, we've already talked about a few of these, overeating, smoking, drinking, escapism, these things. But what are, what would you consider to be some of the more... um hidden indicators of stress where we wouldn't necessarily recognize that, that, and that as a symptom of stress because it looks normal to us, but it's actually a result of being stressed. Oh, I think control. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So so there are, I mean, and, and lots of ways we deal with it, but I think when we see someone who's always ultimately in control Mm. in our Western civilization, we think that's a great thing, right? Being in control means you've got your, you know what, you got your stuff together. And the truth is a lot of us deal with stress by trying to control the moment. And wow. I know a ton of people and JJ, I've been there where I, at the height of my career five years ago, when I thought I quote unquote had it all together, yep. the only thing I had together was I was controlling every single thing in my life and it was mm. exhausting. And I'd go to bed at that night. That is stressful. And I was so overwhelmed because it would all work as long as I was in charge and, of everything. And that is stressful because- as soon as you start to lose control yeah. in any way, shape, or form, just a little bit of that starts to accelerate the stress. Absolutely, because here's what happens is what's what's the number one thing we tell people is, hey, let go, surrender, go with the flow of life. Yeah, I'm you big on surrender. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned faith earlier. Yeah. Well, you know, that sounds so great to tell somebody, well, when you're stressed out, just give it all up, let it go. And actually, it's making it worse because you start to then feel all the suffering and pain you've been controlling and excluding so we and need putting a heart change like so we need a heart change like if you're gonna if you're gonna take the step of letting it go and surrendering all those things you have to keep in mind you're you're not ready for that your your brain isn't ready for that but your, your brain, brain is might gonna not fight be it. ready but i think your soul is ready your soul is, your soul ready. is all here's what i love your soul always knows what to do and so we mm. we battle with this right these two these two forces like our voice in our head and then the the, the soul in us that knows and so when, so back to, to answer your question, so stress is not the enemy, right? We're around mm-hmm. people, places, and things all the time that trigger us. Stress it's, causes, it's, yeah, it's, it's it just, protects us many it's, times. It's called life. Yep. It's learning, one, to wake up and figure out what is it that triggers my, my stress response. And then two, what do I do when the stress response gets kicked in and I do go offline? Mm. What's my pattern? And then three, it's developing some lifelines to figure out that, you know, it's going to take a while. I mean, you're talking about habits next week. Did you know the most recent data says it takes 257 days to break a habit? And that's if you work on it without fail every single day. 250. It's not 21. So I'm going to add one thing. People, get rid of 21. I'm sorry. This is going to be a 57 days without a day rest in between. So this is going to be a promo for our our next show 
on 2019 goals. We're not talking about resolution. We're talking about 2019 goals. And I started this process this year that included setting both achievement and and habit goals. And I realized I wasn't accomplishing my achievement goals because they were too far out in the distance and I wasn't focused on the thing. So I converted almost all of my goals to habit goals. It's what can I do every single day to make sure I reach my achievement goal? And I didn't realize until really this year how hard it is. Even the things that are easy to execute, meaning there's just not resistance in your schedule to execute them. There's not things that get in your way. You just need to go and do it every single day. How difficult it is to keep that up just a few days in a row. Yeah, how so hard that when is. When you're changing anything, and we've talked about this before, about how the brain works, the, the conscious mind is only in control about 5% of the day. 95% of your day is run by your subconscious, which is running on those old tapes. Mm. So the waking up, the being aware, and being completely and totally present has to exist for more than 5% of the day because what happens is then we forget and we lapse back into the old pattern. We have to force pattern. that. Though. So that's it. Exactly. It's it's a program. You have to yeah, work a program to, pro- yep. to, to learn how to deal with your stress differently. And I mm. think the most important part, and this is the part that I have to remind myself is, we're not perfect. We're human beings. And, you know, some days I do a great job dealing with my stress. And other days I completely, I wreck it. I blow well, it, it up with dynamite. Like, yeah. Right? I mean, it's it's... So we have to remember, we're not going to nail it 100%, but you know what? Be kind and compassionate to yourself and say, I'm doing the best I can and and, and then show up and try to do it again better the next day. And the self-limiting beliefs that that I didn't really understand that until I I met you and you you really educated me on (laughs) self-limiting beliefs and I've read a few books about it, how uh, once you start to feel less stress, you will start to self-sabotage yourself to create more stress because you are wired up to this point. You are wired almost to feel like you kind of survive off of that stress. Yeah. So so there's this great book that I've been reading over the holidays, Conversations with God. I love it. Mm. Oh man, it's a great one, JJ. And he talks in the book about back to the love and fear. And here's what's really ironic about this whole experience we're having is when we get to that place of love, which is what we're all striving to get to, love, unconditional love, <laughs> abundance, prosperity, joy. Yeah. The minute we get there, it's human nature to ev- that it that's that, that fear is then evoked that we will lose the very thing we've accomplished. Yep. So it's this back and forth between love and fear, love and fear. And then when we get to a place of fear, we want to go back to the love. And so there's this ping pong mm. thing that just keeps occurring. And it's just remember we're, we're human and we have to help each other to remember. So this is another important step in the process, I believe. I think most of us try to keep that stress inside. of. Now, I should say we try to keep the admission of stress inside of us. I don't think we keep the stress inside of us because I know for a fact. Oh, we project shame, blame, oh, yeah. uh, shoot off. At, you know, this device is my worst enemy when I'm text out. Well, I mean, I, when I'm text out. And, and this is something <laughs> we talk out. about on the show a lot is your stress is going to come out by saying things to people that you regret, being mean, being short, being corrective, being demanding, all these things. And it feels good for you, but you're actually hurting the people around you. And so that is that, that almost that last resort expulsion of stress what about way up front in the earlier parts of this this relationship that you're having with people where you can actually tell somebody and not feel um not feel vulnerable i mean be vulnerable but not feel vulnerable is you know i'm really stressed out right now because if you're in a in a partner relationship you should be able to say to your partner i'm starting to feel some stress and then that and, and and if you're if you're married to or dating or anybody, or, or it doesn't even have to be a, a romantic relationship. It could be a friendship. It could be a coaching relationship, mentoring relationship where they know how to handle that with you. So they're actually 
helping you through that. So what are you stressed out about and why are you, because. Well, that's all great and well. And I agree with you when you're in a calm, cool state of mind, but when yes. you're in a moment with your, with your significant other and all of a sudden she triggers you, you trigger yeah, her. The next thing it. you know is you guys are in this, this cycle and it would be great to enter. I could walk in the room and say, Hey, namaste, everybody calm down, chill out. Let's go to each other's corners right. and let's bring our kind words back to the center of the room. It literally, it's like parenting. And we forget, absolutely forget. So we have to take a break. I was getting so excited about this topic. I was like, let's keep going. I know, we, we just talk about this forever. So uh, we need to take a stress-free break. Don't go right. away. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show. We'll be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. So let's get into some very powerful, let's call them stress anecdotes. Yeah. These are things that, your, your body's already producing, your, your soul is already producing for you. But I get the feeling that if you're like me, most of you aren't thinking of these things as anecdotes to stress. Empathy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Empathy is a big word. And, and I'm going to actually flip it on its ear a little bit this morning. And I don't mean to confuse your listeners, but everyone says we need better emotional intelligence. We need more mm -hmm. empathy in the workplace. We need more empathy with our, our friends and family. There's actually a difference between empathy and compassion, and research is mm -hmm. actually showing how empathy and compassion affect the brain. And so a lot of people think being empathetic is a good thing. But did you know that the research shows when you are empathetic, you're literally feeling the yeah. feelings of the other person, I get it. which can trigger your stress response? Absolutely. And that isn't that it, the core definition of empathy is is understanding someone's emotional state so much. Yeah. You own that. It's too. like you climb down in the hole with them. And yep. then if you're both in the hole, then then what yeah. do you do? So you can't really be empathetic so to someone it, that's in, under stress. Exactly. So if I call you and I'm complaining and I'm I'm telling you how horrible this experience was and you jump right in and into my emotions yeah. and you go, I absolutely agree. And I can't believe that they did that. The next thing you know, we're both in that you have to together. take the emotional high ground, don't and you? then some. Then we have to wait for a third person to come and get us out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, then, and all of a sudden, it's your third best buddy, and they're empathetic too. And then it? the next thing you know, you've got this collusion around victimization. And you're all drinking wine and drunk. Exactly. <laughs> and the next thing, and, and we're we're all singing the same song. So who's helping who here? Yeah. That's yeah. what's happening. And then we we believe, and then the next day we talk about all the fun we had. And the truth is, we didn't solve a damn thing. No, not at all. We just complained, and we made it. We actually got more of what we were complaining about. Yeah. So compassion. But that's comforting in the in, well, the, in the in the immediate. In, in the immediate, you know why it's comforting? Because we're escaping the moment mm -hmm. by drinking the alcohol, which the dopamine's pinging around in your brain. Mm -hmm. So short term, you're feeling great, you're laughing, and you've you've tricked yourself into thinking everything's great. Sounds you're, fair. You're 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 indulging in the emotionality of it. So you're you're dealing with one emotion, but you're forgetting the one that really is causing the pain. Because now you've tricked yourself into thinking you're happy. Right. Because you're yep. you're drinking and, and, and you're laughing about it. And so you're making a fun experience, but you're never dealing with the core wound, which still is there when you wake up. Yeah. Yeah. So compassion looks a little bit differently. And compassion in the research says it's the ability to sit alongside someone and to hold and contain your own emotional experience while they are having their emotional experience. Interesting. Which means your brain does not get triggered into the stress response. And compassion doesn't look like, let me take you out and buy you a couple glasses of wine and complain about your wife with you, JJ. Not not saying you've ever done that. I no, don't want your wife to start calling the show and be like, what? Oh, she'd never uh, call the show. <laughs> I want her to, but she wouldn't call the show. But you get the idea. And so what happens is instead of complaining with compassion, what we do is we learn to sit alongside that person. And in that calm mm. state, we can then show up and be that person that says, hey, this is how I hear you're feeling. 
and and ask them questions. What what can I do to help you? And this is very powerful for our listeners right now because, and I've said this, we've been doing this show for we're 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 getting ready to do two years. That our world is so consumed with personal self help development that we have totally lost focus on the other people around us. And Absolutely. even the topic that we're talking about today can so easily be seen as you and your stress and how can you reduce your stress and how can you be less stressful? You are in a better position to help more people around you than you even are yourself. And and I truly believe in this world, if you can, if you can become more conscious of this and take time to do this and be a better person using these tools that and correct me if I'm wrong, Yetta, but that ends up making you more conscious of yourself and less stress yourself just by giving yourself to other people. Yes. And then, yes. And, and that helps. I mean, I mentioned at the top of the show that I feel like I am not very stressed out anymore. And this has been a journey for me. I've also spent 18 years in Dale Carnegie as a coach, as a profession, yes. working literally, literally with thousands of people one-on-one and in small groups to help them work through these things. That, that has been my secret to success because I consciously have to take something away for myself in those situations. And why wouldn't you want to live your life this way? Well, the reason you don't want to live or the reason you're having trouble living your life this way it's because you're thinking too much about yourself. I completely agree. We are so addicted to ourselves, and we think mm. we've got to, we need to improve ourselves. The truth is, nothing is broken, and we are all perfectly imperfectly made. That's the it. way that 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 we are as spiritual beings. And Preach. so we we're learning how to just come back home to ourselves and remembering what is unconditional love. And very few of us know what that is, much less how to give it to other people. It's true. And what I love about what you said is, and it is a great technique and tool, not only are we learning to be aware of what stresses us out, but when we get outside of ourselves mm-hmm. and we give to others, what happens is when we operate from a place of love and expansion and joy, what other people get from us is love, expansion, and joy yeah. instead yeah. of that constricted awareness, which are natural. It's just this back to the brain. The amygdala says, oh my gosh, you're in a place where you could be hurt. You're threatened. And then all of a sudden it goes into its stress response. And then we start lashing out, doing all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff we don't really mean to do. And, I, and I, have, I have one that just came into my mind that I see people doing often is that whenever you have a friend or a family member that's going through stress, you start talking about your stress, oh, thinking, it's right, the worst, that, that worst you think thing. Yes. that we, it's helping them because they're in similar company because you yes. want to be able to but relate you to that know person. What happens? Don't do that. Yeah, but you know what that actually is in the psychology world? What Enablement, we call that? right? It's not even, it's, let's go further than that. The minute someone starts telling you about something and they get vulnerable and they start sharing something that's painful to them, mm-hmm. it triggers our vulnerability and we go into a stress response to protect ourselves. And oh, so gosh. therefore, what we do is the minute you start saying something, I have to then bring up, oh, I, I, I feel the same thing because wow. I jump right into that empathy and I yeah. think, oh, well, now I've got to offset a little bit of my my so pain we have and to have jump into your pain. Some very deep self-control. Absolutely. When we are with someone that is expressing some stress or That's frustration. That's what compassion is. And I tell clients, and I have to remind myself, I even put my what, arms so up. So what is, what is compassion? Compassion make... is literally the ability, and this is it, to contain. If you imagine, JJ, put your arms out like this is okay, your container. Okay, let's do it together. Right? right. That you're oh, learning to contain. Like yeah. Swallowing a baby. Yeah, and you're containing your own emotional experience, and you're not leaking it out onto other people or letting theirs leak into Don't you. Don't be a leaker. 
So you're right. So imagine if we showed up, what would life look like if we showed up and we had an exchange between each other where we were sharing what's going great in our life, Mm -hmm. what we feel really good about, Mm -hmm. what we're passionate about, and we're not taking the hook or the bait of learning to complain, learning to blame, getting into sharing. There's another hook there. Yeah. There's there's a hook of arrogance, a hook of competitiveness. Absolutely. Like I need to keep up with your good. I need to keep up because that stresses people. For that, we get on there and then. Yeah. That's why Christmas. You might have noticed because social media is stressful. I haven't been on in six months. I posted a picture at the holidays of my son and I just to let everybody know we were still alive. Best decision I ever made because I realized what are the things that stress me out. July was a big, big bottom for me. And I yeah. thought, you know, I'm going to get rid of the things that stress me out. And because if I can't social get media rid of them, I'm going to try to at least be more aware of them so that then I know. And again, I'm not perfect. They still stress me out. But I started removing some of the big, big rocks because mm. if I can not handle them, then maybe I just need to walk down a different street because the hole is still in the middle that's of the road. one of the hardest things we have to do as people, though. Absolutely. And that, that's that's. That's part of what we're talking about. I'm not sitting talking here talking today acting like I'm perfect at it, but I'm just saying at least every day I wake up and go, well, back in the battle. Well, there's such a, <laughs> and we said up front that one of the biggest elements of managing this better is awareness yeah. and consciousness. consciousness yeah, so, so back the to the solution. Are. Waking up, becoming more aware, becoming more mindful. And I, I really firmly believe that's why this mindfulness movement is really huge right now in the Western civilization because people are realizing they are in a lot of pain mm. and mindfulness sitting in mm-hmm. a state of silent awareness helps you to learn to hold and contain and sit with your own emotions and not worry about other people. So you're saying that we well, yeah, can't enough avoid to deal it because right I think here. most people avoid it. We do. So what we do but is it's not really going we try to like, what, what do we say? And this is a mindfulness uh, lesson. First thing we do is try to escape the moment. So we go into all these behaviors, you know, the drinking, the shopping, the addictions, all the things that get us well, that feels out. Good just even listening. Oh to yeah. Us. Doesn't it? It feels great. And then the next one is we indulge in the emotionality of it. So we take the emotion we're feeling and then we go find other people who are experiencing that. And so we feel better being around the people because we then yeah. I can focus on your pain and not have to deal with my pain. That's why people go to the bar to hang out together. Absolutely. And then the last one's control. People will try to control every situation to try to avoid anything getting triggered or harmed around them. But we can't just completely let go of control because right. that itself creates exactly. more stress. It, in fact, it's almost like... The imagery I have is is swerving on a road and bouncing from one guardrail to the other. Yeah. Like literally, it's That's like what they people call try the to dark night of the soul is when people go into that unraveling process, you go through the darkness to get to the light on the other side. It's yeah. a very Eastern philosophy. Okay. But the reason that people do that is because once you go through that dark experience, you realize you ultimately are in control of everything by the way that you show up with your behavior. You well, can't I'm, control I, anyone else's behavior. So I'm confused. I thought that we aren't as much in control as we think we are. But we're in control of our own behaviors and responses and choices when we become consciously aware of them. Okay. But we're not in control and can't manipulate everybody else to do what we want to make us happy. So I'm I'm big on this think, feel, act. If you look at those three things as levers, which lever are we pulling first and on the hardest in order to reduce stress that maybe would affect the other two? It is thought. Yeah, so there's okay. this there's this word that we use in the, the coaching world um, called the sponsoring thought, and it's it lies in the subconscious. What's the sponsoring thought? And that's the either mm. I have or I don't have, right? That's that love or fear belief. Either I have all the time, energy, and money I need or I don't have, and it's driving everything that we do. So we begin to see the world through the lens of what we believe, and that all comes from thought. So wow. we have to go back and ask ourselves, waking back up again, to what am I thinking? 
Am I thinking I am worthy? Am I thinking I I belong? Am I thinking I have all the time, energy, and money I need? Mm-hmm. Or am I not thinking that? Well, in a sponsoring and getting, thought that, and we could have a whole other show on just sponsoring thoughts. Yeah. A sponsor. I love. I love the. I love the vocabulary, by the way, because that means it's if like something's sponsored, yes. yeah, so if something is sponsored, that means it's so intentional yes. that someone's paying dues yes. just to have it there. And we're the ones that are paying those yes. dues. We've created it all. And, and, if, and, if you're, and if you're a faith-based person, it could be the devil that's paying those dues to sponsor that thought. But once that thought gets, and it's such a strong, intentional thought that it starts to override, like we can have a whole show on just what are all the sponsoring thoughts that control us. A sponsoring thought I'm assuming is I'm not good enough. Yeah. A sponsoring thought is I don't have enough money. Yeah. A sponsoring thought is that things are going to happen to me. To me. Yeah. Everything's... We, we could listen. I mean, we could, oh my gosh. I mean, you could like, have your callers call in. We would, we would never be able to fill so up we are, all of those. We are running thoughts. out of time, but I'm curious the difference between a sponsoring thought and a self-limiting belief. Actually, what I would tell you is a, a belief is just a thought you keep thinking. So they're the same thing. Okay. So a sponsoring thought can create a limiting belief. It can also create a healthy belief. Gosh, And so wherever in life you have things that are going well, that means your sponsoring thought is healthy. If you've got an area you're struggling with, that means that original thought, it, it needs to be identified, changed, and then mm. rewired and put something else in its well, place. Well, our show's coming to an end, and that's stressing me out because okay. I think we are on I think a roll the limo's here for out effects. front waiting for me. Well, I heard some honking horns out there. Yeah, a little disco music, too. Are you sure it's not for me? I, I'm telling you, they said not, limo to there. and from the show. And I said, otherwise, and I got to have, like, some nectarines and some fresh sparkling water. Like, I have requests, JJ. This is unbelievable. Well, thanks for sacrificing. There's a blow dryer all, and stylist waiting for I'm me sure in the car, is. too. <laughs> thanks for sacrificing so much to be with, here, be with us here this morning, uh, bringing so much value to our audience and just everything that you have to share. So thanks. Oh, thanks, thanks for JJ. being here during, the, during the holiday season. Um, and, and for you, the listeners, thank you for being here and joining us every single week. Greatpeopleshow.com is where you can catch all of our shows. Uh, New Year's coming. Next week, we're talking about goals. You'll need to be here to have the best year ever. See ya! Oh, I want something just like this. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Some superhero, some fairy tale place, just so good I can turn to somebody I can kiss.